Paul, we are fluffy, and this is the Fat Packs Podcast, brought to you by Top Shelf Breaks. What's up, Paul? Saw, dude. Saw, man. How you doing, brother? I'm yeah, feeling good. Yeah? You working on that monster right there in front of you? That's number two today. That's number two today. Yeah, man. It's, it's been a little bit of a struggle <laughs> fest this morning. Uh, I don't even know why. Like, I even got more sleep last night than I normally do. Yeah? Yeah, man. I broke the five-hour barrier. And, Uh-oh. Uh, I think, it, I think it messed me up. I should I should stay at four or something. So there's that whole napping theory uh, yeah. that if you it's either 30 minutes or 90 minutes or nothing. Right. So five hours, we'll, we'll call it a nap for you. Yeah. And five hours was probably it's, a little too, too much. too much. Yep. I got to go back now, to four now, hours. Now you're, now you're log, lagging behind. I am. Drinking two Monster Energies. Is there going to be a third? Well, I mean, it's only 8.30. Okay. So it's going to have to at least be after lunch. Okay. Or I I'll be racing around the office. Just get y'all. <laughs> Brian might not like that too much. All hopped up on Mountain Dew and yeah. just <laughs> going around having a lot of uh, fun time. All right, man, we got a great show for you guys we lined do. up today. It's a, it's a, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have sports artist Ken Carl on the phone uh, with us. He is the mastermind behind the the cards that were created for the Beckett Scavenger Hunt at the uh, at the National. Uh, I want to thank Stephen LaRoche for hooking us up with uh, Ken's information. Got it all uh, set up, and man, it, it's going to be a great interview for sure. Uh, I, it's his first time, so we're going to be easy on him. Yeah, we'll be easy on him. But uh, I, I think he's going to do a real good job. Uh, then coming up after that, man, Desi Westside. Um, this guy, I he's so we're in the middle of superhero September. Uh, we're having fun with all the giveaways and everything. So I wanted to do something comic book centric, something something real fun. And Desi has a um, podcast of his own. And it's called uh, My Comic Book History. And now he's, he's making a documentary, his fourth film actually, called My Comic Book Country, where he's traveling around the country going to different comic book shops. Uh, the Kickstarter for the, cam- uh, the Kickstarter campaign kicked off yesterday. But uh, th- so the, the movie's in pre production. It's, it's going to be fun, though. Basically, the concept is he just he travels around to different comic book shops and, and gets their, their fill of things. Do we need to do one for buffets? No, we should I'm totally not even do lying one for buffets. To you. We need to rent a U Haul because that's what we'll need yeah. to get around the country <laughs> and just go around and eat buffets. Maybe one summer we can convince Beckett and our wives to let us take the summer off and just travel and go to buffets. Probably more of our, our wives yeah. than <laughs> Beckett. They're like, no, go. Take the month, take a couple months off. <laughs> I've never under, like, I, 
here, here, here's something shocking. I love the Food Channel, right? It's the Food Network. <laughs> Dude, you got to tell me things like that when I'm ready. All right, you got to let me finish the second monster before you start talking like that. So, I, I always watch this show, and it's always the same thing, right? It's it's always a fat guy with a vehicle traveling around. To di- I'm like, dude, I fit this. I fit this profile. There's no reason I shouldn't have my own traveling food show. It's true. I, and so Food Network Cooking Channel, if you're listening, I'm for hire. I will leave Beckett today, <laughs> today. right now, if you guys can hook me up with my own traveling food show. And you got a sous chef right next to you. Exactly. So we're good. Exactly. All right, man. Uh, great show uh, coming up. Stick around for that, guys. You, you guys are going to love it, I promise. But first, we're going to get into uh, new products and pricing. Paul says it's a busy week for new products. So what's up, man? You know what? It is crazy. We got five new products out this week. Okay. All right. And nine hundred and seven dollars is is the is the is what it would take to get a box of each. Nine hundred and seven dollars. Nine hundred and seven dollars. I was doing a little math. Let's today. do it. Let's do it. What could you do for nine hundred and seven dollars? <laughs> All right. Well, this is what you can do this week. <laughs> okay. For nine hundred and seven dollars. All right. So we're going to start off. Uh, we'll start off big. All right. Yesterday, we're we're, we're filming this on Thursday. Yesterday, Wednesday. Dropped impeccable basketball. Impeccable basketball. Okay. And I tell you what, man. Impeccable football was one of my favorite products of the year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a new a new new deal from Panini. They do a fantastic job with it. I love it. One card or one pack, eight cards, four hundred and ninety five dollars a box. Say that again. Four hundred and ninety five dollars a box. So five bills for five bills. Okay. You're getting five autographs and you're getting three other cards, whether base cards or parallels. Ooh, okay. All but right. All right. Just like in football, they've got your gold and your silver cards in there. So how cool is it to open a card and get ten ounces of silver in your card? All right. On your card. All you know right. what I'm saying? Okay. So like, that's kinda cool. I see where you're going. There. So I see where you're going. It's very cool. Impeccable basketball. Check it out. Four ninety five a box. Um it's it's still last year's product. Okay, so you're chasing last year's rookies in that, okay? It's a sixteen seventeen product. So I think it's one of the last ones to come out for sixteen seventeen. Okay. Um so Peggle Basketball. Uh two thousand seventeen XR football. I've seen this. Now I was I was a hater at first when I saw it. Hey, 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 hey. I, I was. Okay. I'm gonna be honest, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna change my tune. Okay. So I found out if I did a little research, found out a few things, held a few cards in my hand actually. Nice stinking cards. Like I think this could be the surprise set of the year. Right really? Here. Okay. I do. It's replacing Clear Vision on their on their palette of things that they. All right, I'm on out. board already. Okay. Uh, so XR football, ninety four dollars a box. Uh, two packs, seven cards per pack. Two autos, one mem per box. Okay, so pretty standard breakdown for for uh, you know a couple autographs and a mem for the for the for the value there at ninety four dollars. So check it out. Dropped yesterday. Seen some breaks. Looks really cool. I think we're going to be breaking it this afternoon. So awesome. Looking, looking forward to that. Um. 2000 Tops Gold Label uh, Baseball is out. They are $55 a box, seven packs, five cards per pack. Um, you know, you got your first class, second class, third gla- class autographs, mem. Typical gold label. Looks good as always. Tops does a really good job with that. Uh, so grab that. Uh, also dropping this week is 2017 Triple Threads Baseball. And, you know, Triple Threads is, is on the higher end product. It's 185 a box. Right. Um, you get two packs, seven cards. You're getting four hits, a couple autos, a couple mems, some some triple relics. But you just showed me something really cool that came out of there, and that was the the Mayweather right. auto relic, right. number to eighteen, I think right. it was. That's just a cool card. I didn't even realize he was on the checklist. So, um, very cool. So check out Triple Threads, one eighty five a box. Chase that uh, 
chase that autograph, man. It's good stuff. And then um, staying in that realm, kind of, of the uh, the whole boxing UFC thing, uh, Topps USC Chrome dropped this week. It drops tomorrow, actually. Uh, 68 a box, two autos in that. And, um, man, it looks good. It's your typical Chrome product, but uh, the, the refractors and the finishes look just as good as always. So there you go. $907 will get you a box of each of those this week. Okay. All right. Or... Or you could make like three or four car payments. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> yeah, you could make a house payment. <laughs> you could buy diapers for your kids. But actually, this isn't bad because you figure we had Tops deriv- Tops was a derivative or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came it out was, last week. That was $1,000 a box. Tops definitive. definitive. That's yeah. what it was, yeah. $1,000 a box. Right. So Blah. this one, you're getting some... You're getting a little bit of everything too. Some baseball, some football, some basketball, and some wrestling. So All right. Let's let's check out the uh, new pricing. Uh, Opeachy is finally priced. Um, Opeachy was the most searched searched product uh, last week in on the Beckett Marketplace. Okay. That makes sense. I'm not surprised at all. No, not at all. It's a, We've talked about it a couple weeks now. It's the biggest set of the year. It's 600 plus cards. A lot of fun. We opened a we opened a box and it 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 was just like collecting base cards again. You know, just it was. But you know, I think I think the search is just because you know everybody's trying to get those guys, those defensemen that don't always get cards, the backup goalies that don't always get cards. Sure, sure. They're they're chasing those guys down. Sure. Uh, I love it when it comes out because in our job, you know, we gotta we gotta put a player percentage on on players. You know, Um, so with the six hundred cards, I could just knock them out real quick at the first product of the year and then the rest of the season i don't have to worry about it too much unless right. you know somebody new comes up or anything okay panini revolution soccer has been priced uh, says says brian fleischer and panini immaculate baseball okay. as well so all those are priced for you in your opg and absolute football will be done tomorrow absolute football will be done tomorrow yep. uh we we Came up with a new little campaign here on our on our Beckett homepage about the uh, the hot rookies in the NFL, and you guys have been busting your uh, arses off <laughs> trying to get those uh, get those updated prices for you. Uh, those those guys are the, you know the Kareem Hunts of the world and uh, Galladay and uh, or Chris Carson. Chris Carson baby, out of nowhere, right? Uh, so. You might want to go back and look check, check check those out in your OPG where you know when those products first came out it, it, there might be big big price changes. Yeah, Tariq so. Cohen. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot going on. Rookie class is very nice this year. Speaking, so. yeah, speaking of the rookie class being very nice, and it is very nice. Um, we have a giveaway that we're going to do. So this is kind of a give it away, give it away, give it away, give it away now. Um, this is kind of a. How, how do we do it? So, this is a promo is really what it is. This is a promo for our new store that's open. The Beckett Gear Store. Beckett, go to BeckettGear.com. And it, it it just went live yesterday. It did. And there's six six products right now that you can order. And there's going to be more. Might be more. I don't remember. Yeah, I think there's six right now that you can order. There's going to be more uh, as we get it rolling. But we wanted to roll it out with the Fat Packs gear, which is what we did. We did. And there's T-shirts, there's coffee mugs, there's towels. There's a towel. I looked at that towel. You know, it's I, I'm it's thirty dollars. It's a thirty dollar towel, but it that is. towel cost us twenty five dollars to make. Right. So <laughs> uh, there's no profit margin there at all, really. But it's, I, I I was looking at that towel. I'm like, I I gotta need a fat packs towel. Fat packs towel, yeah, for sure. Uh, the video possibilities. 
yeah. in the towel are endless. Oh, man. Yeah. I could get a mug to drink my Monster in. Yeah, exactly. You could. So, so uh, here's the thing. First of all, there's a, dis- there's a promo code running from – it ran from yesterday when the store launched. It's going to run until next Thursday, the 28th. Uh, Fat Packs 15. Fat Packs 15. We'll get you 15% off your order. Okay. You can go order your T-shirts, uh, your mugs, uh, whatever you – and your iPhone cases, whatever you want to do, go check those out. Hats are coming. We're, we're working Hats on – Hats are coming. We need uh, to get an embroidery file. So if anybody out there listening to us knows anything about an embroidery file – Please let us know yep. because we got to get that all figured out. It, it looks a little difficult, but I'm, we're probably overthinking it. Um, so most there, likely. Yeah, <laughs> most likely. So there's all that going on right now. You can go order your gear. And uh, good news is it took five days from, from, from ordering the shirt that we had delivered here that we tested out for you guys. Uh, our our fearless uh, our fearless leader on the pr- publishing side of things, Mr. John Finkel, ordered a shirt. Took five days from ordering to doorstep, so it's not, not bad. bad at all. It's not, not bad. bad. At all. Not bad um, at all. He he likes it. It's a crushed cotton shirt. He likes it a lot. So what? This is what we're gonna do. There's another. There's another. Uh, there's another website out there called Barstool Sports. I'm sure. I'm sure you've all heard of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, if you, especially if you're you know those, those jocks out there that like that kind of stuff. Big in the sports world, and they have this saying called Saturdays are for the boys. Which is awesome because it's a complete reference to college football. If Sundays for pro, if, if Sundays are for football, NFL football, Saturdays are for the boys. It's really a hashtag and a, and a, a thing that's just taking over social media in the sports world. It, it's odd to see <laughs> when you have when we we live they're they're stationed in Boston, right? Right, right. We're down here in Texas, and when you see Saturdays are for the boys and uh, signs in people's front lawn in South Lake. Texas, right? It's it's a thing, right? Yeah. So <laughs> right next to their Friday night lights, exactly. <laughs> Signs. So here we go. This is what we're gonna do. Fat pack or Fridays are for fat packs. Perfect. Hashtags. Fridays are for fat packs. Uh, so starting the first Friday in October. So what is that? Well, you know what? Let's just start it. Start next Friday. Let's start next Friday. Yeah. I so think, that I think Saturday's October first. Yeah. So uh, for. September 29th, next Friday. Yep. Uh, running through the last Friday in October. Okay. Take a picture of you listening to the fat packs on your iPhone or your 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 whatever whatever you're listening to us on. Okay. Uh, post post it with a hashtag. Tag us in it at Beckett Radio and and use the hashtag Fat Packs uh, Fridays are for Fat, fat packs. packs. Let okay. me get that right. Uh, wearing a shirt. Do a video. Do a video. I'll give you some extra points. Uh, just do something. Yeah, for and, sure. And uh, we'll let it run the whole month. And what we got is a – it's from Certified. It is a BGS 9510, number 25, Deshaun Watson uh, rookie roll call auto for you. It's a sweet card. We pulled it here on, yeah. on Fox Breaks. And, uh, yeah, man, it's a sweet card. It is a sweet card. Here's the, here's the kicker. Uh, you can enter as many times as you want, uh, one one per Friday. Okay, but it can't be the same picture. It's got to be a different picture, a different video, something like that. And you got to make sure to tag us at Beckett Radio, and use the hashtag Fridays are for Fat Packs. There you go. So we will draw a winner at the end of October. We'll let that run a month, and uh, you know, in a month's time, that card could be worth a million dollars, and it could be worth nothing. It just <laughs> it just depends on what happens. So you get them in before October twenty seventh. October 27th. October okay. 27th is the last Friday in October. Okay. There you go. So get it in, man. Take your pictures. 
get your stickers. If you have, if you've, if you've met us before, yeah, take a picture. If we've given you a, a card, take mm-hmm. a picture with that. You yeah, know, do, do something. something. Yeah, fat packs are for on Fridays or fat Fridays, Fridays are, are for fat. I packs. can't talk this morning. You cannot. Hashtag Fridays are for fat packs. We will get that contest rolling. Each video or a picture or whatever that you guys post will get you one entry, and we will draw that on the September on October twenty seventh. We will. Awesome. Boom. That's that. Hope you guys uh, go check that store out and make sure to get involved with this giveaway because it's going to be awesome. Speaking of giveaways, we had two people that did not claim their prizes from last week. Oh. So what do we do, Paul? Do we are we nice and let somebody else? Yeah, we can re up. You want to re up? We'll re up. Okay, we'll re up at the end of the show then. All right, sounds we'll good. We'll do that. Okay, um, that's that. Let's take our first break and we'll come back on the other end with uh, Ken Carl, the sports artist who was behind the uh, the National Beckett Scavenger Hunt cards. They are amazing. He is a, he, he's amazing. He does a real good job. So I uh, want you guys to uh, stick around for that. And then on the other end of that break, we're going to come back with uh, Desi Westside uh, and a little bit of comic book talk, something that we haven't really got into here. No, not a whole lot, no. So uh, I hope you guys stick around for that. It's going to be fun. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Super Bowl champion Evan Mathis for Rebuyers.com, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break, and joining us on the phone right now is our first interview guest of the show. He is—he's uh, got a special place in our heart here at Beckett because he did the—he did the art card, the artworks, the sketches for our latest. Beckett scavenger hunt. We'll get into that a little bit later. I think it's our best scavenger hunt. I think I honestly think it was our yeah, best scavenger sure. hunt. It was it was a lot of fun. But uh, sports artist Ken Carl is on the phone with us. Good morning, Ken. How are you doing? How are you guys doing today? Man, we're doing good. Yeah, can't complain. Can't complain. We're we're real happy. Uh, let's let's jump right into the interview here, man. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, how long you've been involved in the hobby and uh, sports art and stuff like that? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you guys for having me on your show. Um, I listen to your podcast. I think you guys do a great job. Um, I love the introduction you guys put together. That's fantastic. So, oh, thank you. That, uh, um, that's all courtesy of Top Shelf Breaks, man. He, he, he did that for us. <laughs> yeah, he took care of that. Well, that was good. sweet. Well, it's good stuff. Um, anyway, my name's Ken Carl. Um, I'm a St. Louis-based artist, kind of in the suburbs of St. Louis. Um, that's why if you go to my website, Ken Carl sportsart.com you'll notice most of my artwork is st louis themed um i've been a graphic artist for close to 20 years i've been dabbling in sports art most of my life but um commercially for probably the last four or five years uh i work in exclusively in colored pencil and i'm still kind of waiting for my big break and uh trying to make it mainstream so that's about where i'm at right now fantastic well i think Hopefully, with the success of the national, that'll right. help get him on the on get, the queue to get that name. break because that stuff was awesome. That really was cool stuff. All right, so now, do you collect cards as well? Did you collect as a kid? Do you still collect now? Um, I I no longer collect now. I have a teenage boy who's starting to collect. Okay, and I'm trying to help him. Um, part of the problem, as you guys know, is man, it's so difficult to know what to collect. There's so many choices and so many options. For me, it was overwhelming when I went in to try to buy him stuff. So. That's something I'm going to have to research. Hopefully, this in your guys' podcast, I'll, it'll get, point me in the right direction. <laughs> well, sure, yeah. But, if we can uh, help you at all, that not a problem. We can help you out with that. <laughs> but as a youth, I did collect. I mean, a funny story. I remember when I was in grade school, um, we used to trade baseball cards in class, so much so that a teacher actually 
allotted 15 minutes of class time every day to trade baseball cards, so we would stop doing it during the middle of class. That is the greatest teacher um, I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, did she win Teacher of the Year? She should have. <laughs> she did not, and I'm pretty sure the school district wouldn't be happy to hear that, but, but that did happen. Um, and then as a teenager, I moved more into, you know, once I started getting a part-time job, I would spend a lot of my disposable income on, on cards. That was in the mid-80s, uh, so that was the McGuire Olympic card time, you know, um, Robert uh, Roger Clemens, you know, that era of, of cards, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can remember going to the card shops, uh, go to the flea market on the weekend, try to pick up cards then. Uh, the last real card of uh, note I remember purchasing was the Griffey Upper Deck Rookie. And then, of course, I went on to college, and you don't have a disposable income any longer for baseball cards, as you know. So sure. <laughs> No, and you find these girls, and it just yeah. doesn't work out so well. Yeah, understood. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's, all. that's cool, though, that the last card you got, basically, was the Ken Griffey Jr. card, because that's awesome. Because a lot of people, it's yeah. the first card that they've gotten. Yeah, it's a lot you know, of It's first. like kind of gets them into the hobby, and it got you out of the hobby, so... Cool. That's good stuff, man. Well, let's talk about your. Uh, what was your introduction to art? And how did you get get started in it? And how did you transition into sports art? Well, as a as a you know a middle school kid, um, you know I, I would draw a little bit. Everybody draws a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it right now. I realized I was. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I realized I was. You know, uh, you know, a decent at it. So I would continue to work at it and get a little better. And, and it was a way to pass time, of course. Um, and then really where it really started for me, I used to go to my grandma's house in the summer for two weeks of the year. She lived out in rural Missouri. Now, I realize most of the country realizes all Missouri is rural, <laughs> but that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> so I would go out to where she lived, and you know, it was hot, hot as a mother lover out there. No air conditioning. She had a television. only had one channel, so there wasn't a lot to do out there. So once a week, we would walk into town to the grocery store. And they had comic books there. So she would buy me comic books. I love comic books to this day. And I, I do collect comic books. To this day, I love them. And I would read those comic books to help kill time, obviously. You didn't want to go outside. It was way too hot. And I would just draw the comic book characters. And I would just keep redrawing them, keep redrawing them until I got better at them. Then as I moved forward, once I started collecting baseball cards, I would go to the comic book shop. And they would, you know, they'd have the Beckett Price Guides there. So you'd buy the Beckett Price Guide originally. I did originally to keep track of how my Don Manley rookie was doing that week or that ah, month. Ah. But in the back, they always had, a lot of them had artists, they would publish um, fine artist works of, of professional athletes, and I would just stare at those pictures for minutes to hours. I just couldn't believe how fantastic they were, you know. So I started trying to mimic those. I started drawing my, prof- my favorite professional athletes and hope someday I'd be on the back of one of those Beckett uh, covers. Mm. That's the honest truth. Well, that's cool because you, you actually did more than getting on the back, but we'll talk about that <laughs> later. So that's cool. So, so you got into art. So what drew you to the, the color pencil part of it? Because I don't know much about the mediums that people use for art, but I know uh, that color pencil is probably one of the, on the lesser sides, I would imagine, of things that people use. It, so. it, it definitely is, unfortunately for me. It definitely is. Um, I didn't really choose color pencils per se. They chose me. Okay. And what, okay. I, mean by that, <laughs> and what I mean by that is, when I was in high school, of course, I took all the art classes, and your choices to do uh, color artwork in high school were color pencils, markers, or tempera paint, and tempera, smates, tempera paint smells awful, okay? So that was out for me. Yeah, it sounds, yeah, it so sounds about right. So the markers, I originally went to markers, but they bled too much, and I couldn't control them, and I'm kind of, uh, if you see my stuff, it's kind of 
really detailed. I couldn't control the bleed of the marker, so it drove me crazy. So, colored pencil was all that was left for me. So I would, you know, anything I wanted to do in color, I had to do in colored pencil, and I've been using them ever since. And as a side note, they are cheap. Pain is expensive, you know, and and for me, pain is overwhelmingly. It, it frightens me. I, I've never, I've never really used it. A lot of artists tell me that if you can do it in color pencil, you can do it in paint and back paints faster. But uh, it, it's overwhelming to me. I'm, 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 um, I'm kind of scared to try it, and I don't have a lot of time to try it. So. That's kind of how I got uh, stuck with colored pencils. To be honest. All right, process of elimination. Process of elimination, yeah. but it, it works for you because you've been praised for your great detail. Uh, so, what are you? What are you? What are these color pencils allowing you to do? Uh, how do I? How do I phrase how, how does it allow you to get such detail with, with the color pencils as opposed to other mediums? <laughs> well, first of all, I don't know if I've been praised for much of anything, but thank you for the <laughs> kind words. Um, but for me. You know, it's like anything else. I believe in life, it, no matter what you do, if you do it a lot, you'll get better at it. Now, I will never master artwork. I'm going to say that up front. I'll never master color pencils. But I've used them a lot. So, you know, trial and error like anything else in life. You just keep grinding it out, and then you, you learn by, oh, you can't do that, or yes, you can do that. And for me, you know, I just stack color upon color upon color, and that's how you get those rich colors. Anybody that works with well with color pencils knows that. But for your audience, that's how I do it. You just stack color upon color upon color. You know, you may see blue in an area, but that's probably three or four shades of blue to get that one blue. Oh, that's, wow. that's the best way to explain it. Okay. All right. regular... So kind of like when I stack my hamburger. Yeah. You can't really see the hamburger anymore. You <laughs> right. see you what's just, on top of it. Okay, <laughs> I got you. All right, I can follow that. You got a regular Bob Ross here, man. <laughs> yeah, this I can is follow awesome. that. That's good stuff. <laughs> that's sweet. All right, so you're from you're from the St. Louis area. Uh, there's a ton of baseball history there. So, is there any? Do you have a favorite player that you like to draw? Is there a favorite piece that you've done? Um, well, there is a definitely a favorite player. I do want to apologize to the rest of the country for how we in St. Louis like to believe we're the caretakers of baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. We do have fans here that feel that way. Again, I want to apologize to everybody out there for for that. But uh, my favorite athlete bar none to draw is Stan Musial. I, I have a lot of reasons for that. Um, for first and foremost, he was my dad's favorite athlete. Therefore, that gives me a lot of uh, emotional attachment to it. Okay. Um, he's one of the world, he's one of the, obviously he's one of the greatest of all time. As good as he is, I feel in St. Louis, he's still underrated if that's hard, as hard as to believe as that might be. But more importantly, not only was Stan a great guy, if you are a, a great athlete, if you lived here in St. Louis, he was a great human being, first and foremost. And um, the stories that come out about how, you know, just the humanitarian he is are spectacular. So anytime I get a chance to draw Stan, it's a special moment for me. I get a lot of Stan Mutual Commission pieces, and um, I love every minute of it. The only trying part of drawing Stan is I have to use source material, unfortunately, and he played at a time where that's not real popular, as you guys know. The cameras were terrible. Even the pictures you do get are fuzzy and grainy. A lot of them are in black and white. i got to convert them to color. And my best work, I feel, is action shots. So it's real difficult to draw him, but he still is a labor of love for me for sure. So it definitely stands mutual. That's awesome. I love love the story. That's, love the story behind I mean, that. You, you could have picked anybody in St. Louis, but you probably picked the best of them. And... That's I mean that's just a really cool really cool story especially the connection with your father how it how it ties in there so uh, we we've seen Stan Usual 
uh, on some of your recent cards or some of your recent artwork, and we're really happy about that. It's good. Um, what, but before we get to that, where can your art be found? Are you in any galleries in St. Louis? Are you uh, are you privileged enough to be a part of any charity auctions or anything like that? I am not. You know, I would like to get into the charity auction. Uh, uh, I don't know how to say it, the business or whatever. I'm not real sure how to say that. Okay. I am not in any galleries. I started out in some galleries. Um, I found that that wasn't real profitable or didn't work work real well for me, so I've kind of avoided that ever since. Okay. Um, re- really, I'm just kind of starting out. I, it's hard to find my stuff um, other than my website. Okay. Um, KenCarlSportsArt.com. That's the best place to find all my stuff. Uh, most of my stuff is cha- exchanged through word of mouth. And as you, I don't know how much you guys know about this, but, man, it is hard to get started in this industry, man. It is so competitive. And you've seen the stuff out there. It's spectacular. Sure. Man. So um, it's hard to get started. So it's hard to find. It's hard to get your stuff out there. That's what I struggle with the most, to be honest, is getting my stuff out there. Well, hopefully this will help you out a little bit. We, you are no less than our sixth or seventh sports artist that we've had on. And each of you guys are uniquely different. But your styles are all very much their own but they're all very 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 great i mean they're all they're awesome right fantastic stuff man if we took our show and put it together we'd have an awesome gallery yeah we really would (laughs) (laughs) of stuff we would oh thanks that's awesome we would all right so you were the man behind the beckett promo cards at the scavenger hunt for the national um, baseball card convention and they were just fantastic so can you give us a little background how how was the selection process how did you come up with those people um this how did that all come to come about well, it's actually kind of a crazy story. <laughs> so my, I have an agent, and, and he, he runs a lot of ideas by me. Most of them never come to fruition, unfortunately, for various reasons out of his or my control. But this particular one, he pitched to me, gosh, at the first of the last year, I guess. The convention was coming up. You know, I've sold some, some of my sketch cards that actually auctioned on the Beckett Marketplace. Okay. okay. So I guess some people there are familiar with my stuff. So they had kind of agreed to, to do some sort of this, this scavenger hunt thing that you know that you guys experienced. But sure. one time it was twelve athletes. The athletes were constantly changing because of logistics. You know who's going to be there. You know what what athletes would agree to sign these cards. What athletes would agree to this. You know the agents couldn't get it all worked out. It was a lot of haggling, I guess, behind the scenes on who would be chosen and who wouldn't. So it's, and I don't like to do any of that stuff. You know, I have a guy who takes care of that for obvious reasons. I don't want to get caught up in that stuff. You know, it's hard enough for me just to keep track of, of producing the work. So you're a smart man. <laughs> yeah, so long story short, we start to close in on the convention, and I would hear stuff, and then I wouldn't hear anything. I'd hear stuff, and I wouldn't hear anything. But there was never, no one was decided upon. So we were getting real close to the show. You know, so in mid July, my youngest son went to Cooperstown to play baseball. I'm sure you guys have heard of that. So. I was getting ready to leave, and I talked to my agent. I said, look, you know, I'm still interested in this, but if you guys are going to do this, I need to know who the athletes are, you know, so I can get started on it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I got, I'm going to be gone a week. I'll have about two or three days when I get back to get these done. Okay, okay. I'm gone the whole week. I hear nothing. As I'm getting on the plane to fly back home, I get an email. Hey, here are the athletes. <laughs> 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 can you still do them? You know, and I look at my wife, and I say, you know, look, this is an opportunity I can't pass up. You know, I'm trying to break into the business. I have to do these, but man, I am under the gun, you know. <laughs> so we fly back in from New York. I drop my bags off. I run up to the store. I get four Monster Energy drinks. 
and <laughs> started grinding them out. <laughs> <laughs> one per card? Is that how that worked? <laughs> one. Pretty much one per card. That's one. correct. Yeah. That's, all, that's awesome. Um, well, I know I can tell you just from being there, because uh, Eric and I were both at the National, and we were both a part of the uh, the lines or the madness behind yeah, people right. just wanting to, to get these cards. And not just because we were giving them away. There were so many people going, man, these are really, really cool. And that, right. it was just awesome to hear. And um, so much excitement and buzz about the cards themselves. It was awesome. Um, but everybody loved the Rodman card. So what was your inspiration behind the Rodman card? I believe it had, what, a green green hair, I think? It was, it was multicolor. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, before I get to the Rodman card, if okay. you guys could, I don't even know how they were distributed. Could you kind of walk me through what happened with them once they got there? Sure, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, we can do that. So basically there was, uh, I think it was 10, right? Yeah, there was okay. 10. So there was 10 other cards that were made. And basically, they were okay. they were given to each or given to a bunch of different uh, dealers throughout the convention. And you got a you came to the Beckett booth. You got a list. You got your first card. And then you had to go around to each one. And sometimes they'd make you ask a trivia question or spend a couple bucks or something to gather uh-huh. the set of ten. Once you had the set of ten, then you could come back the next morning, and then that would be your redemption to get the set of four. Okay, the four oh, cards that you okay. created, and then within the four cards that you created, one of those four cards had an autograph on it. So basically, people were buzzing because they only got one of the four were autographs. So they were trading and trying to get the Rodman and they were trying to get the, you know, whoever, because that's what they wanted. So and then people would get multiple sets each day. They would, you know, we give out about 100 sets a day. So they would you see the Uh same people in line trying to collect all four of them, you know, so that was pretty, that was pretty cool. So yes, we made them work a little bit. They had had to work a little bit for them. Um, but you know, so many people it was well worth the wait. I mean, some people stood in line for forty-five minutes to an hour just to get the redemption set. Yeah, the the line. So we were so to set the scene for you a little bit there, Ken. I'm, I'm sorry, I know you're trying to jump in here, but we were we were towards the back of the convention center, okay? And uh-huh. the so you had, the line they the line started at about nine thirty when the doors opened, and we weren't giving the card the we weren't giving the redemption set the four cards that you did. We weren't giving those away until 10 o'clock. So from 9.30 to 10 o'clock, people were just lining up at our booth from the at the back of the convention center, and it went all the way, almost back up halfway up the convention center to where like Panini and Upper Deck were. So it was a long line every day, and we only had a, a, number, a, a limited number of sets to give out each day. So uh, people were run- as soon as the doors opened, people were running toward the Beckett booth, and they were waiting for your cards. Oh, that's great. That's dynamite. Fantastic. Well, again, thanks for setting the stage for me because, I, you know, at the end of the day, it, as you, as I explained the story to you, it was such a blur. It, it rushed, you know, I rushed through them and got them out. I, I never could, no one ever really told me what happened to them after that. So That makes sense. And you did all the work. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So your, your question was about Rodman. Yes. Um, look, I was in my early 20s. I was obviously a Bulls fan. You either were you either loved the Bulls or you probably lived in you know New York or someplace like that. But anyway, I was a Bulls fan, obviously. <laughs> and by the time Robin got there, you know, obviously in, injected that team with life and energy and intensity. So for him, when I was looking for source material, he was one of the hardest ones for me to uh, garner an image for because there was a certain uh, look or feel I wanted to use for him. If that makes sense to you, so okay. you know, I finally found something that showed his intensity and and you know how uh, how hard he competed but yet you know I, you had to have the green hair you had to have the colorful part of his personality so 
you know, I, I try to combine the two into one image, and you know, and it sounds like it worked out for everybody. So that's 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 uh, good to hear. Yeah, they definitely were, were buzzing about the Rodman card for sure, yeah, and I think Mutual was definitely a close second. Yeah, I think so too. So, and well, being in Chicago, I think all of them actually. I think the two Chicago guys that were uh, in the card, Hampton and uh, Hall. Hall, yep. The, I mean, Chicago. Yeah. So people from Chicago were buzzing about those, and then you had your baseball fans who, or uh, were in the heart of Chicago, or in the heart of Cubs country. So uh, I don't know yeah. how big Mutual went over, but there were the old timers there that loved the Mutual card. Yeah. So it was it was a great it was a great time it was it was fun to see everybody react to it. All right, man. Uh, good, good. Let, let me ask you about your website because uh, uh-huh. fo- you you're, you're, you take commissions on your website, and I was I was checking these out, and a lot of what you have up there it looks like it's been commissioned for maybe like fan, family portraits of of youth leagues and and high schoolers and stuff like that. And you've done really great work, so I wanted to let our listeners know. Or I'm sorry, could you let our listeners know how they can contact you to maybe be a part of that? Because I'm I'm telling you guys, you need to go to kincarlsportsart.com and check this out because these th- these things are amazing. Well, well, the first thing I would say is you can go to my website. Okay. Ken Carl Sports Art, and Ken is spelled with a K, and Carl is spelled with a K. Uh, you can go on there like you guys have, and, and most of the, you can contact me from there. Obviously, um, how those drawings originated is this you know i i have three kids so i'm living a dream <laughs> all three of them play multiple sports i don't know do you guys have kids that play sports uh all our kids are youngins yeah they're still a little they're a little oh. young they they dabble with sports but they're not they're not there yet <laughs> well once they get there you'll know the madness insanity that follows your life and takes over from that point forward <laughs> your days <laughs> your days of family vacations are are over it's going to a tournament or going to an event the people out there that experiences know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, wow. So I started drawing my kids uh, playing sports, you know, is, um, you know, first of all, it helped me draw. It, it helped me get better. And of course, I, I love them. So, it, you know, it, they're near and dear to me. Well, of course, as an artist, you're trying to make money and you're trying to make a living doing art. You know, as much as we like, as artists like to say, we love creating the art and the fun part of it and all that. At the end of the day, you still have to make a living doing it. So for me, <clears throat> I realized early on I feel there's a niche for, obviously, professional athletes are drawn and painted and produced all over the world. You see them all the time. But I don't see anyone doing children or your kids playing sports. So, in fact, I can't find anywhere on the Internet where anyone's even doing it but me. I'm sure it's happening, but I don't even know how to list them to sell them myself because, because no one's doing it. So, since I spend so much time at ballparks or in gyms, I started doing these. Well, then other people would see mine at my house or photos of mine. Like, look, you got you know, you got to draw my kid. I want my kid, you know, drawn. So that's kind of how I started doing it. And I really believe there's a great niche for it. I just, again, like most of my artwork, I don't know how to market it. <laughs> that's ah. always my problem. And when you, I do it kind of part time. I do it every night, but I do it kind of part time around my regular job as a graphic artist. And it's hard to market and produce art at the same time. It's very difficult for me. So back to these youth drawings, I really believe there's a market for them. Um, and I love, look, I always say this, as much money as us travel parents spend on sports, traveling all over the country, again, our, our vacations are a national tournament. They're not Disney World. You know, that's our vacations. So all the money you spend on that, time goes by fast. Your kids grow up. They move out of your house. And there's nothing left but your memories. So 
the most important thing I can provide is a snapshot of that kid playing that sport of their favorite times in their life, of your favorite times of your life with those children. To me, they're priceless pieces of art as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's the one thing, you'll redecorate your home, you'll repaint it, you'll do that two or three times in a lifetime. But I promise you the one thing that stays in your house at all times is that piece of art I did of your kid. I promise you that stays there forever because it's priceless to you. Every time you walk by it, it gives you a flashback and a memory that, that you'll cherish forever. So that's kind of how I got started in those. No, I, I totally agree with that sentiment. I mean, you think about it. I mean, to, to have that kind of peace and that kind of heirloom to pass down. I mean, most of these kids that are out there playing these tournaments, I mean, they're really good ball players or whatever sport they're playing, but they're not going to make it to, to the to no. D1 college. They're not going to make it to pros. They're not going to have the opportunities to have these pieces and stuff created for them. So to be able to Correct. do that and kind of hold on to that, that's, that's very cool. I like it. That's awesome. That's it's really good. Now, uh, before, Paul, Paul had one more question for you, but I'm going to jump in and intersect yeah. here. Um, you you mentioned comic books earlier. We are in the middle of superhero September here at uh, at, at Beckett Radio, uh, the Fat Packs Podcast. We're having a lot. We have a lot of uh, sketch artist cards given away on our Twitter feed. We're having a lot of fun with it. So you mentioned you mentioned comic books. You still collect those. You, you have fun with them. What are some of your favorite comic books? And, and, and uh, you know what what still draws you to those? Well, I'll tell you this: you ain't got enough time for me to talk about my comic books. I can promise you that. <laughs> Um, I, I mostly Marvel Universe. I'm sure you guys are familiar with it. So I, I read just and collect just about everything in the Marvel Universe. Okay, all right. Um, the Avengers and the X-Men are my favorite. I'm down to about 10 Avengers to have everything they've ever had. Oh, wow. Um, um, X-Men are so much harder. They're more expensive to get. But uh, And, you know, being an artist, you know, people don't appreciate the artwork done in those comic books. Those guys are dynamite to do those. I, I can't. You know, I, I can do okay compared to what they do. It's, that's amazing to me. I can't even fathom what they do. You know, I've sat down and tried to scratch stuff out off the top of my head like they do. It's, I, I can't, words can't describe how good those guys are. That's how I feel. So I like the stories okay, but I more collect them for the artwork, if that makes sense to you. It makes total sense. Um, that makes total sense. And they're a bridge to my past. That's how I got started drawing at my grandmother's house way back in the day off comic books. So, you know, kind of a bridge to my past. That's, that's, that's kind of the re- reason I collect them, truth known. Awesome. Love it. It's always it's, good to hear the so story fun. behind the yeah, collection. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. He said, he, he, he mentioned, you know, how hard it is. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Giles, who we've had on the, the show before, yeah. com- uh, g- uh, uh-huh. Garbage Pell Kid uh, artist and comic book artist, on his Facebook page, he does something called Freehand Friday, where during his lunch break, he'll go on Facebook Live and just sketch out a comic character or something like that. Uh, <laughs> last week, he did It, uh, Pennywise from It. Oh, okay. So it's, uh-huh. man, he it's amazing to watch, and I just watch it in disbelief every Friday. I'm like, how does he do this? <laughs> I'm over here doodling yeah. stick figures, and he's, <laughs> he's going in great detail in 15 minutes. I don't know how to do it. It's, it's amazing, and it? it's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, before we let you get out of here, please, please tell everybody again um, how they can get to your website, how they can get in touch with you so that they can uh, you know, see what you do and, and possibly use your services. Well, thank you for that. My website is Ken, K-E-N, Carl, K-A-R-L, sportsart.com. And my name is Ken Carl with K's, not C's. Okay, we got you. Uh, my my Facebook address is Ken Carl Sports Art. Um, my Instagram is Ken underscore 
Carl underscore sports underscore art. Okay. And my Twitter feed it is at 10Carl01. All right. Awesome. There you go. All right. Those are the four main ways to get a hold of someone these there days. There you right? go. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, man. We want to thank you for joining us. This has been a great uh, – this is uh, this is your first time. This is your first time on a podcast. So I think you did an amazing job, and you have a future in doing f- in interviews. Hey. Oh, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. It was quite an honor to be on your guys' show. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, real quick, did you ever get a set of the actual cards that you made on the metal finish? I have, I, I have not got a set. I've never even seen the finished cards. Okay. Get out of town. All right, we're, right. we're going to try to make that happen we'll, for We'll you. make that happen We'll see for if you. we can get the powers to beat it to hook you up with a set. That'd be fantastic. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Right, no problem. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, we'll talk again soon, okay? All right. Thanks. Great. Have a good one. Hey, what's up? This is Chris, Chief Brake Officer here at Top Shelf Brakes, and you are listening to the Fat Pack, Eric and Paul, on Beckett Radio. All right, man, we're back after that quick break. Uh, sports artist Ken Carl on the phone with us for that first interview. Uh, again, guys, go check out his artwork at KenCarlSportsArt.com. He was absolutely amazing for his first time being uh, interviewed for a podcast. So he did a good want, job. I want to thank him again for coming on. But uh, now is uh, is something that's near and dear to my heart. I sought him out. Uh, <laughs> his name is uh, Anthony Desinato, Desi for short, or Desi Westside, uh, whatever you want to call him. I'm going to call him Anthony on the phone with us. He is a uh, he's, he's a podcaster. He is a director. He has his own production company called uh, Flat Squirrel Productions, and I think he's all around going on an amazing journey that, that I want to let you guys know about. So good morning, Anthony. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're doing okay, man. I'm a little jealous about this journey you're on. but It's uh, a really cool thing. It is a cool thing. I look at the phone and the caller ID says Yonkers, New York. You're, you're in Yonkers right now? Uh, it's actually White Plains. White Plains? Okay. Yeah, so not too far from Yonkers, but uh, yeah, separate. Is it hot up there? I, that's a stupid question, but I want it's like burning up hot here in Texas. So how, how is it in New York? Uh, yeah, it's okay. Today's a little more mild, um, but it's, I mean, I feel like we've had so many extremes. It was cool for a few days and then hot again, so I don't know. Nah. Well, I think that I think the temperature gauge here is going to hit 98 today. Nice. So if it's less than 98, I want to be in Yonkers right, or White Plains right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you got us beat for oh, sure. Awesome. Uh, Anthony, before we just jump right into us, uh, please let our listeners know a little bit about yourself, uh, your experience in the comic book industry, and how long you've been in- involved with collecting them. Sure. Well, so as far as being a reader and collector, I have told this story a lot, but I always love to tell it. Um, I got into comics when I was five with The Death of Superman, and uh, there was a comic book shop at the local mall in White Plains. It was called Heroes World. And in their window display to advertise the Death of Superman comic, they had taken a Superman action figure and put it in this little box, a la a coffin. <laughs> um, and it just, it just grabbed my attention as a little kid. You know, I knew Superman from the movies and the cartoons and stuff like that. I had a Superman action figure, so it, it just really captured me. And my father read me that first Death of Superman comic, and then I learned to read shortly thereafter. And uh, for quite a few years, I was just reading the Superman books. My mother was always concerned that reading comics would be a detriment. So I was only ever allowed to read one a week for a really long time. Uh, So I mostly just read the Superman books. And then uh, I was able to read uh, JLA as well because Superman was in that one. Okay. And then uh, as I got older, I started reading a lot more. And then uh, by that point, Heroes World had closed and I had started shopping at Alternate Realities in Scarsdale. 
And uh, the summer after my freshman year of high school, I started working there organizing back issues. And, you know, people always ask, like, oh, is it, is it great working at a comic shop if you're a fan? It's like, yes, it absolutely is. I mean, it's, it's the best thing. Um, so I had a great time. I mean, I worked there over summers and after school throughout high school, college, and, and a little bit of law school as well. So I worked there for a good 10 years. Now, did you actually make any money, or did it all come in product? Because I know a lot of people that work at the, the shops like that, they end up just taking product instead of actual money. <laughs> no, I did get paid, and I. <laughs> there were probably a good number of times where most of it went back to the store, but yes. for the most part, I was, I was pretty good with that, and especially once I had been working there a little while. I mean, that probably happened more in the very beginning, because you're just so excited, and the, you know, the store discount was a thing as well, so it's like, uh, you know, it's definitely tempting, but... Um, yeah, no, I think I was pretty good about that. Gotcha. Okay. All right, good deal. I mean, I know I worked at a card shop, and yeah, I just didn't make any yeah. money. Yeah, I just opened my money, basically, in packs. Um, so what, yeah, right, right. So you were working at Alternative Realities, um, and you were there for, for a good bit of time, and then it looks like um, the, the shop closed down. Um, so where, what happened there, and where did that leave you in, in trying to figure out what you wanted to do next? Yeah, so, I mean, by the time the store closed, uh, I was working my regular full-time job. I you know, I hadn't worked at the store in a while, but... Yeah. You know, the owner had been there for 23 years. Uh, at various points throughout the store's tenure, uh, he had other owners. There were, there were even a couple of times where he stepped away from it for a little while. But for the most part, he was really the, the, the constant at the store for those 23 years. And for as long as I knew him and as long as I was shopping and working there, he was always threatening to close the store. Uh, he, he always had a very love-hate relationship with it. Um, and that, I mean, you know, f- for people, if they want to check out uh, the, the film I made about the store, my comic shop documentary, or the, his podcast appearances, I think you really get a sense of, of <laughs> what his relationship was like with the store. But he was always threatening to close, and it was always one of those things where I don't think any of us really expected him to follow through with it. And then a couple of years ago, he, he did. Uh, he really just had enough, I think. Um, he had lost his passion for the hobby. And I think the day-to-day grind of retail really just kind of wore him down, and he wasn't enjoying it anymore. And so he made the announcement that he was going to close. Uh, that was in February of 2015, and uh, the end of June uh, was the store's final day. I've uh, I've watched a little bit of the documentary. I've listened to uh, the first episode of your podcast, which he was on. He was a character, man. He uh, is Mr. Otto. Uh, Otto, is that right? Odo, yeah. Odo, yeah. He was, he was a character, and uh, he, the love-hate relationship definitely came through. It was uh, interesting to see. So he just comes in and, and just says says he's going to shut it down one day, and he finally followed through with it. And I, I that would leave me in shock, man. I I don't know what I would do either. That's that's crazy. So uh, tell us tell us a little bit about uh, my comic book documentary. You pick up a camera and you and you decide that you want to be a director or film producer and everything. So how did that get started? Yeah, I mean, I always had a passion for uh, for writing. Uh, really, I mean, from when I was a little kid, I used to write stories after watching Power Rangers. Um, so I, you know, that's always something that I've been I've been passionate about. And I mean, I love watching movies and television. And I guess I always thought I'd like to try my hand at it. Um, but I didn't necessarily, you know, study it or, or have any kind of training. Um, but I always thought, you know, I always had a really positive experience at alternate realities. It was always surrounded by these colorful characters. I mean, from, from Steve, but all the way down to, like, you know, the other employees and the customers, just a very colorful group. And so I guess I always thought it would lend itself well to, you know, any, really any kind of storytelling, but it's specifically a documentary. And then uh, I was in the first year of law school, 
and really looking for a creative outlet. I knew I needed to find something to do over that summer that would be different than what I had been doing all year. And I settled on doing this documentary. And so that summer after my first year of law school, I you know, got the research, the camera and equipment and got everything and, and just went and did it. Uh, and I, I'm so glad that I did. It's led to a lot of really great things. That's very cool. I need to check that out. I have not had a chance to watch any of that. I think what, he said something important there. He just went and did it. I think that's probably like 98% of the problem with people who want to go that want to do something. They just don't go do it. No, they just talk about it. Yeah, so taking that step and just going to do it, man, that's awesome. I commend you. That's a lot about how we got started in podcasting is we just went and did it. We didn't know anything about it, really. We did our little research, but we jumped into it full-fledged, and now we've been going on three years here, and it's it's been a lot of fun. So good job to you, man, just just going to do it. Thanks. No, and you guys too. I mean, you know, I was doing, you know, I, I appreciate you guys reaching out to me and I was, you know, doing some research on <laughs> you guys. And I mean, I see what you've built and everything and that's, that's really fantastic. Thank, Thank you, sir. you. Appreciate Thank you, sir. that. So you too just kind of decided to jump in and start doing your own podcast. So how did that heart, how did that start? Did you just, again, get your equipment and just decide to do it? Or is there a little more story behind that? I mean, I guess that's the long and short of it. Um, so I... I had wanted to do some kind of podcasting for a while. Uh, I was a big fan of the Kevin Smith's uh, Smodcast series. Of course. Um, I haven't listened in a while, but in the beginning I was, I was really an avid listener, and I just thought, like, this is a really cool form of storytelling and reaching people. And so I kind of had it in my head for a while. I'd like to do something like that, but I didn't really know what it would be. And I didn't really want it to be you know, us sitting around the comic shop and talking about the latest issues of comics. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but I just felt like there were enough podcasts out there doing that. I wanted to like, try to do something different, but I didn't know what that thing would be. And then when Steve announced that the store was closing, I was like, well, I, I need to do something creative to, to chronicle this. And I briefly toyed with the idea of, like, filming a new epilogue to the documentary or something like that. But it, it, for whatever reason, that just didn't really feel like the right fit for me. And then it just kind of came together, and I'm like, well, I could do a podcast. And, you know, I, I've loved doing the documentaries and the podcast because each method of storytelling allows you to do different things. And so, you know, there were stories that we told over the course of the first podcast season that, you know, they, there just wasn't a place for them in the first documentary. Um, you know, stories that take five or ten minutes to tell, like that's an eternity on film, and it just wouldn't really fit in a movie. But sitting down, you know, in front of a couple of microphones, you know, we, we have that room to breathe and we can tell those stories. So it was really, yeah, just a matter of wanting to do something creative to mark the end of the store. And also this, again, just this desire to do, you know, some kind of podcasting. And it just came together uh, for the My Comic Shop History podcast. Well, now, so let's, let's, let's jump in right there. Where did the idea to, to jump into your mind to uh, travel the country and, and sit down with other shop owners and, and, and pick their brains for your podcast? Where did that come from? Yeah, you know, it's really funny because when I did the first season, that was all about the closing of alternate realities. Yes, and then sir. Season two, obviously the store was gone, so we had to find something new to do. <laughs> and so season two was about collecting. Um, which, you know, you know, something that's near and dear to me. I mean, I've, you know, been a comic book collector. I collected statues for a while. My wife and I are really big into the Funko Pops right now. So, uh, you know, collecting is, is very personal to me, and, you know, we did that season. And then moving forward, I was trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. And uh, I guess I realized in everything that I did with alternate realities, it's like, yes, that was, quote, unquote, my store, and it was very personal to me. And but just the idea of the comic shop as an institution. I just realized that 
there was more to tap into um, beyond just my specific store, and that the things that I experienced at my store, other people are experiencing elsewhere. Uh, maybe they're experiencing it in the same way or in a different way. And I just kind of wanted to take what I did with alternate realities, but try to capture this comic shop as an institution on a larger level. And and it's been, I mean, it's been great. I mean, I've really had such a great time getting into all of these stores. I mean, it's really been going, you know, better than I, I thought it would. That's fantastic, man. That's just, again, sounds like a blast yeah. <laughs> to go around and do that. Um, so you're obviously coming across all kinds of people and meeting all kinds of people. Now, um, how are the comic shop patrons compared to other retail shoppers? Like, I mean, I know I've worked in, in sports card shops and I've worked in other retail jobs, and there's they always have some kind of, you know, people that collect stuff like comic books and yeah. baseball cards, they have a lot of quirks to them. So has anything really stood out as, you, as you've gone across the U.S. as far as different regions or different kinds of people or, or whatnot? Got a story or two behind that for us? Yeah, I mean, so like in alternate realities, yeah, I mean, we, we really had a very colorful mix. There was one customer in particular, Jeff Long, and he's he's featured in the documentary, and he was always prone to telling tall tales, so he would come into us every week, and you know we never knew what he was going to say, and it usually didn't <laughs> take much prompting. It'd just be like, oh, like what's what's new? And you know he worked at TGI Fridays, but he claimed that he was on this SWAT team, and he was doing these undercover drug busts, and you know all these outlandish things, and it was it was always wildly entertaining. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I found someone else just like him on on these shows. <laughs> he really is one of a kind. But, no, I mean, like, as far as, as the people, I mean, that's really, above all else, I, I always like to say that's what this is about, and that's why, like, I have no problem having someone who's not into comics watch one of these documentaries or listen to the podcast, because I feel like it's, it's really about the people above everything else and, and the sense of community that you get at a comic shop that, maybe you get it at, at a card shop or something like that, or a music store, like, someplace where people are coming in and they share the same interests and they have that passion and that common ground and you kind of speak the same language. And then within that, I mean, yeah, it's, it's always going to be a mix of people. So some people, and I saw this at Alternate Realities, too, some people came in and they didn't say a word. Um, you know, they just came in, they got their books, and they left, and they just weren't looking to kind of hang around and talk. And other people, they liked the conversation, but they didn't necessarily participate. They just were more observers. Sure. And then you have the other people who are really driving the conversation, and they're, they're striking up conversations. So it's... I mean, it's really a mix. I saw that at Alternate Realities, and I'm, I'm seeing that elsewhere. But I think just that sense of community is there. It's that, it's that ritual. I mean, Wednesday's New Comic Day, and that, that means something to a lot of people. That he just described every baseball card shop I've ever been into. Yeah, except he didn't yeah. really talk about the guy that didn't want to leave. <laughs> yeah, the guy that didn't He didn't talk leave. about that guy who showed up around lunchtime and closed the store with you. You didn't talk about that guy. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure those guys exist well, in the comic book world. <laughs> yeah, no, we, I mean, we, we had that at Alternate Realities. Oh, we had, <laughs> there was one customer, a quick story. He was extremely OCD about the condition of his comics. Okay. And he was a, he was a Sunday regular. So he would come in on Sundays. We were open from the 12 to 6. And he, he would spend the entire day, he had a huge pull list, and he would go through every issue and he'd go to the shelf, because the issue that we pulled for him was never the perfect copy for him. So he would go to the shelf, and he would go through pretty much every, you know, every copy to make sure he had the perfect one, and it took all day. It drove us nuts. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Oh, my goodness. That, that would drive me mad watching that. I would... You gotta leave. <laughs> you gotta leave. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's talk about your uh, your fourth documentary that uh, that is in pre production right now. Uh, My comic shop history. Tell us about the. Uh, is it? Uh, did I get that right? My comic shop history. 
So my comic shop history is the podcast and that I'm doing now, right. and then my comic shop country is the documentary. I, I did I did that wrong. Right That's my bad. I'm sorry about that. Uh, so, no, no worries. Uh, tell us about the Kickstarter campaign and uh, where, where where our listeners can go to get behind you and support you for this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I mean I appreciate anyone who's you know willing to get on board with this and and be part of this journey. So like so like I said, I've been going to comic stores th- uh, this season with the podcast, talking to the retailers. They're really the boots on the ground in this industry, and it's it's been great to get their perspective and hear how they're responding to challenges in the industry and um, just getting their take on the business and the culture of comic shops. So, uh, so it started with the podcast, and then the idea is to do a documentary movie. So the movie will be My Comic Shop Country. The Kickstarter campaign just launched yesterday. Uh, we had a great launch. I, I'm, you know, I, was, I was really happy, and, and uh, you know, I, I thank everybody who's been part of it so far. Uh, we still have a good way to go. Uh, so the campaign started yesterday. It will conclude on October 20th. Um, people can go to the My Comic Shop History Facebook page. They can go to my Twitter or Instagram, um, at Desi Westside, at both of those. The links are posted everywhere. Um, or they can just go right to Kickstarter and search for My Comic Shop Country. Um, but, yeah, the campaign is up now. There are a bunch of rewards. There's some really cool stuff. I mean, for the collectors out there, there a couple have actually already been claimed, but... Uh, there's some original art opportunities, so uh, a few artists, friends of mine, uh, who are comic book professionals, uh, offered to do some sketches, uh, which I'm very, uh, very grateful for. So those are up there, uh, and then things like Blu-rays and shirts and prints and a lot of digital content as well, like exclusive podcasts, uh, digital copy of the movie, uh, all that stuff. So there, there are a lot of rewards for people to choose from. Sweet. That's, That's very cool, man. So it sounds like this movie is just kind of like your, an extension of what your your podcast is about. So um, what else can we expect in the film? Like how will it be a little bit different from your podcast? And then what what will we see that we might not otherwise be privy to on, on a regular basis with you and, and your content? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said earlier, the you know, with podcasts and documentaries, you know, different, you know, forms of storytelling, so you can do different things. So, I mean, I guess I would say, yeah, this will be a companion of sorts to the podcast, um, but definitely will stand on its own. So if people haven't been listening to the podcast, you know, it's it, it certainly, you know, they don't need to. I hope they do. I hope they like it. But, uh, it, you know, the film will stand on its own. So, um, so like I said before, you know, stories that, you know, you can, you can tell in a, in a longer form on a podcast, you know, the, it would be different in a movie, and, you know, we'd be exploring things a little bit differently. Obviously, the movie has the visual component. That's the part that I'm probably most excited for. If there's been any limitation to doing the the podcast, well, I mean, as you guys know, you know, it's an auditory medium. So as I'm going into all of these stores, I'm talking about what I'm seeing and I'm posting pictures and stuff like that on on my Facebook page. But with the movie, I really want to like grab a viewer and take them into these stores because I've seen some really cool stuff. Just um, in terms of layout and merchandise and store displays. Uh, like there's this uh, toy store in New Jersey called It's Vintage and just devoted to action figures and custom toys. And it's like, it's just so visual. Um, so that's probably what I'm most excited about. Um, and, you know, with both the movie and the podcast, presenting a cross-section of stores. So, and I guess that's probably the biggest difference from my previous work with alternate realities is, um, I think the themes that we'll be exploring will be similar. So if, you know, things resonated with you from watching the documentary, you know, the first one, I think you'll find that here too. But again, this one is not just zeroed in on one store. It's really trying to present a cross-section. Um, and that started with the podcast. So I've been trying to find stores that are new, 
so there have been stores that are you know just open within the past year or so, but then stores that are celebrating their 35th anniversary, uh, and then stores that have been around for a long time but have new owners, uh, and stores that have specific areas of focus. Like there's a store in Jersey that does really uh, they do a lot with the high end back issues. Uh, and then there's that toy store. There's a store right in my backyard that is like devoted to Funko Pops, and they have like half their wall is is all pops. So sure. finding that that cross section of stores, and really having that visual component and taking people inside these stores, uh, you know, hopefully that you know people will, will enjoy that. Let's talk about pops for a minute, man, because um, those like on the sports side of things for us, they. Well, the, just collecting in general, really. They've just kind of taken over the market. There's so many of them. We talked about them recently in our Clark, our Clark Toys episode. But what, do you, what is your take on Funko Pops? How do, how do you think they've been received in the comic book side of things? I mean, I, there's so many licenses uh, that I would, I would guess that readers of said comic books would, would run to them. But, I mean, have you seen that? What do you think about them? Yeah, well, before I answer, what, what is your take on them? I'm always curious to hear what other people think. Are you, like, are you guys fans of them, or is it or not as much? I really like them. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I like them. I mean, I was a big starting lineup fan, McFarlane fan kind of thing. Like, growing up as a kid, I liked the starting lineups and whatnot. So now, being able to get um, a figure of sorts of, like, the Pac-Man, you know, and the Ghost, and, you know, even, like, they were talking about the Golden Girls. and sure. like all They have so many different licenses in Disney, and you can pretty much get whatever you want. I mean, I'm a huge Garbage Pail Kid fan, and I've got all 24 that they've made on my desk on display. So I am I think I'm pro-pop for sure. Sure. Um, I love them. What I don't see is... Like they've made a couple sports lines, Russell mm-hmm. Wilson's, and they've right. made some some of the players. I don't see them being as popular with our collectors. I don't see people going, "I've got to get the Andrew Luck. I've got to get the Tom Brady." I haven't seen that side of it yet on the sports side. I I really enjoy the quirkiness of them, like that Bob Ross figure that came out, and now they have the new line of Bob Rosses. I I ran to the store and I picked my wife up one because I loved it. <laughs> I loved the Nap- Napoleon Dynamite uh, series that they did. The sports ones, talking specifically to the sports ones, the hockey figures that they did. They released the uh, the series one hockey last year at the just before the Toronto Expo and um, I loved them I thought they were great but I didn't see them moving fast I think they look weird for you know for some people you know that that the, the regular body and the big weird head might be an bit might be off-putting but it seems to work it, yeah, I think it does. I just don't know if it's worked quite yet in the sports the way it's worked sure. in the than the other stuff. Sure. And uh, obviously, it's worked in everything. I mean, you walk in any store now; they've right. got. I see them at Seven Eleven. Yeah, I mean, so they got, and then everybody's got an exclusive. Walgreens has their own exclusive. Exactly. You know, like Hot Topics and all these different places. So, all right, um, Desi. So, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting to get your take. So, I mean, personally, yeah, I'm a fan. So, like, I used to be a big statue collector. Um, I don't know if, how familiar you guys are with the statue, you know, the comic book statues, of course, like yeah, Owen yeah. Designs and DC Direct. And I was really big into them for a long time, like, well, especially when I was working at the store. And uh, they're great, and like, they look beautiful in a display case. Uh, but after a while, I don't know, I guess I kind of lost interest. And they are very expensive, and they've continued to get even more expensive since I stopped collecting them. And then these pops come along, and you know, they're $10 each. Uh, which is both good and bad because it adds up really quickly. Of course. Um, <laughs> but I, like, the, I think the reason I like them, and my, my wife and I really, I think she's probably a little more into it than I am. I always say that, and I think that's true. Um, and I think people <laughs> always assume I'm the one, I'm the one like, really driving the collecting of the pops, but it's not, not so much. Um, <laughs> but the, we like them because we get to see, like we're big television fans, okay. and so that's really most of our pops are from TV shows. So 
like all the comic book stuff is great, but you can get a comic book character in an action figure form or in a statue form. But for a lot of these TV shows, like they just did Parks and Recreation Pops. I don't know of much other rec, you know, merchandise for Parks and Rec, but there are these pops now. So that's, I think, mostly why we like them, is that we're getting these, these visual representations of, of our favorite shows and that you might not be able to get anything else um, you know, in, that, in that same area. Uh, as far as like what I'm seeing at stores, I'd say probably the majority of stores I'm going to carry them you know, to some extent or another. I think some retailers are into them and others see them. This is the sense that I get, at least. Some see them more as like a necessary evil, that people are coming in and they're going to be expecting them. But I don't know that every retailer is necessarily on board that this is something worthwhile and lasting. I think some might see them more as, as a passing fad. And, I, you know, as far as their staying power, I, you know, I, I don't know what the future will hold for them. But, you know, it's, it's a line that's just going strong. And it's, it's amazing the, you know, the, the breadth of figures that are out there. I mean, it's just, you know, pretty much anything you can think of, they have pops for. It's yeah. amazing. And I think as long as they can keep up with the licensing and whatnot, you know, there'll be the next Walking Dead show is going to come out a year from now. You sure. know, they put pops out. So I think they're just, as long as they can keep up with the, the times and the shows and, and the movies and stuff like that, I, th- I think they're going to keep going. Anthony, here's the biggest thing I can tell you about Funko Pops. Uh, and I mentioned this I don't know, a few, few episodes ago, but I, I don't mind retelling it because I think it's hilarious. We have a, a guy in our office. His name is Matt Bible. And he is completely dedicated to uh, all non-sports things. So... Funko Pops, figures, all that kind of stuff like that. He handles. Daily, we hear a a grunt of despair come from his desk as he looks at the new wave of, of Funko Pops come out. And he just has, he hangs his head and he can't keep up with them because there's so many. I think it's really good for the for the for our hobby on a whole. But I, it's going to get to a point where the market is flooded with them and it might be... Uh, there might be a downturn in it. Yeah, he was telling me there's 20, 30, 40, 50 a day yeah. in some cases, depending on what movies are going on or whatever. Yeah. They're going to enter it into our database. I mean, you think about that multiplied by, you know, 365 <laughs> days a year. That's a lot of... Uh, that's, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. All right. Let's, what I about? That's crazy. Uh, what about... What, what's going to happen after the film? What are you going to do? Are you going you gonna to direct that, that long-last Nick Cage Superman film? What, what's going on? <laughs> uh, that would be interesting. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, one uh, one thing at a time, I guess. I I mean, I've given a little bit of thought as as far as what I'd like to do next, but mostly right now I'm really focused on you know the Kickstarter, getting the project funded so that I can actually make this. That's really uh, what I'm squarely focused on at the moment. Um, you know, this project is about stores across America. If this were successful, if the funding is successful, and I'm able to make the movie. Uh, you know, maybe I'd be interested in doing an international version. I mean, that's a oh, whole yeah. other world. You know, stores in other countries. And uh, so I don't know. That might be something I'd be interested in exploring or doing something completely different. I mean, the previous documentary that I made uh, actually had nothing to do with comics. So while most of my projects have been comic shop centric, uh, not all of them. So the last one I did was about an aspiring puppeteer. Um, so there are other, you know, definitely other things that I, I am interested in. Um, so we'll see. But right now, yeah, really all about making my comic shop country happen. That's awesome. That'll work. Uh, that you know, being focused on one thing isn't a bad thing. So not at all. I wish I knew about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, man. Well, we're going to get out of here. Um, but before we do, please, please, please let our listeners know um, how they can keep up with you, all your social media, everything they need to do to follow Flat Squirrel Productions. Sure. So uh, Facebook is probably the main hub for all of my stuff. So my comic shop history, uh, the Facebook page, would be a great place to start. 
Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Desi Westside. There's flatsquirrelproductions.com. And then, again, if you just go to Kickstarter and you search for My Comic Shop Country, uh, the, the project page will come up. And, uh, no, I mean, I thank you guys so much for having me on. You know, I know we've been talking about comics and comic shops, but growing up, and as far as me as a collector, I was a huge basketball card collector, uh, and I, you know, bought those Beckett Price guys all the time. So uh, <laughs> this is really cool to, to be on the show and be able to talk to you. So who, thank you. Who was your guy? Who was your basketball player? Oh, man, one. Uh, <laughs> one. Uh, big, oh, so I'm in New York, big Knicks fan. Um, I mean, Alan Houston during okay. the time when I was, like, really watching and following as a big Alan Houston fan. Okay. Yeah, so, but I was watching, like, when, uh, you know, Larry Johnson's four-point play, like that whole, uh, you know, yeah. finals playoff run and all that. So <laughs> nice. that, was, that was kind of my time. Nice. You might be a little too young for it, but do you remember when John Starks dunked on Jordan on the baseline? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. I have I have fond memories of uh, of watching basketball at my grandfather's house on Sunday on Sundays after church. Uh, t- turn on, and it was most commonly a Knicks game. And Marv Albert was going was being crazy. Marv Albert. So <laughs> uh, I, I I definitely feel your Allen Houston love. Uh, uh, Pat Ewan and all those guys. That's 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 good to know, man. Uh, glad to know that we had a fellow card collector on on with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. All right, we're gonna uh, let you get out of here. We are up against it as well. Uh, thank you for joining us. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, let's do this. Let's do this again. Let's catch up and see where things are. You know, uh, six seven months from now. How, how how's that sound? That sounds great. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, Desi. Right, take care. Take care. This is Steve Grad from Beckett Authentication, and you're listening to the Fat Packs on Beckett Radio. All right, Paul, back-to-back interviews. Ken Carl, Desi Westside. 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 Tupac. I don't know if that's a thing or not. I don't think that's a thing. It might be a Wu-Tang thing. (laughs) It might be a Wu-Tang thing. Well, he was from Yonkers. Uh, Colin from Yonkers, White Plains. uh, That's definitely uh, the Wu Wu area. Don't disrespect the Wu. Not going to. Don't disrespect me. But Desi was great, man. Uh, I'm really excited to watch and see how this uh, how this documentary uh, takes off. You know, he's got the Kickstarter going right now. Uh, his podcast is really good. I I kind of binged it. Did you? And uh, it was it was a lot of fun listening to it. A lot mm-hmm. of a, a world that I'm not too privy on, mm-hmm. uh, as you and I were just both talking off air about it. But uh, it's it's something that. Uh, I'm definitely interested in. So I was I was binging his podcast, and uh, can you binge a podcast? Can you do that? I H- guess you can. Hashtag binge podcast. I can make something up there. I, I guess, but uh, it, it was it's a good listen. It's it's fun, and as he travels around the country and talks to these other shop owners, it's a it's an interesting story. So uh, he doesn't seasons. Yep. He's he's on season three, I believe. He's a podcast so, seasoner, which yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> it's either. a thing too. Yeah. So go check his podcast out, man. It's it's really fun. Uh, go check him out on Facebook. Uh, I, I I promise you, you won't be di- it, just collecting in general. You won't be disappointed. It's fun. Correct. It's a fun interview uh, for us on our end because that was our first podcast interview for a uh, for a comic book guy. Yeah. So yeah. that was I, I like it. Dealing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some more. You know what I, you know what I like though is he you know starts talking about all the visual aspects of things. Sure. And we do podcasting, so we don't have to have the visual side. Yeah, of so <laughs> there's not a wide there's not a wide frame lens that's exactly. big enough to catch all of us. So as <laughs> as through our differences, we're really the same. You know, so it's good. I like it. It's been kind of a pop culture type show. Yeah. Which is fine. I, yeah. I like these kind of shows. Um, and I was as I was searching through uh, Top Shelf Breaks page as I was doing that interview. 
He's got a really cool break coming up on Friday. Okay, wait, wait. Let's back up. Okay, all right. Did you get in that last break? I didn't because it was full. It was full by the time you got back there. All right, yeah, all right I got you. I it was you. full by the time I got back to it. But uh, he's got this um, this Leaf memorabilia vault random hits coming up. So it's got... Dude, little, have you seen pictures of that? Yeah, man. It's amazing stuff. Sick. It's really cool. He's got uh, he's got nine spots available, and he's got them discounted right now at one hundred twelve dollars. Okay. Uh, this one I could really probably go get into. <laughs> it's uh, it's cool stuff. It's got everything from you know Star Wars pictures and memorabilia and stuff like that to hockey and football and baseball, and it's got a little bit of everything, some golf and some soccer. Yep. Leaf did a good job here, and I think uh, Chris is doing a good job with at this price point. So. Uh, there you go. Go check, check go check him out over there. At Top shelf breaks. Tell him the fat pack sent you. Also, we got Beckett Beckett Radio Week coming up uh, over at Top Shelf Breaks. Nice. I don't know all the details, but I'm getting them, and they're like they're slowly coming in. All right, all right. So uh, right. as soon as I get more about that. that, as soon as I get more about that, I'm gonna uh, let you guys know. But it's gonna be interesting. Awesome. It's gonna be interesting. Um, so this is Beckett. Whatever we're gonna talk about, whatever we want to talk about right now but there's some things going on in the sports card world that we didn't get to in the first segment and it didn't really fit with our two interviews but it's it's something that's big uh, that everybody's t- uh, should be talking about and that's the new eBay user agreement update have you read this yeah i've read some well, I've, i i i haven't read the whole thing i've read what people have posted <laughs> yeah. about things yeah. so whatever they are freaking out already i got you as a uh, as Mr. Fleischer is staring into the, he's looking into our, our boss studio is like windows. checking on us, make sure that we're actually like. Oh, he's like talking. Oh, he's he's learning he's about. He's 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 all right, let's teach him then. So let's the eBay him. user agreement, the biggest point that they want to hit now is that they can charge you, they can charge you final value fees for something they feel that you sold off eBay. Off eBay. Yeah. So I know that there's been this whole thing where. You know, obviously, eBay charges anywhere from ten to fifteen to twenty percent when you're talking with PayPal fees for a sure. card. Right, right. So obviously, if you have a thousand dollar card, you message the guy, "Hey, will you take eight hundred dollars for or nine hundred dollars for it?" Yes, that's more money than you're actually going to get if you actually sold it on eBay. So then, there's been a lot of people that will end the auction, end it, take it off, and then sell that person privately. Um, so now they've have all these buzzwords anyway that are in the messages that they hear. Um, sell offline, sell off eBay, uh, what's your PayPal, what's your phone number, all these different things that they've used as trigger words and trigger things that they now feel that, you know, people are making, using their format, you know, eBay's theirs, that's their thing, they have millions of people, so they should get something out of that because they've provided this service to be able to, to post that card. And now with using the trigger words, and all the people that are taking advantage of it, they feel now they can rightly charge you a final value fee because you use their service, Okay, use, use their platform. Paul, as a fellow eBayer, how do you feel about this? You know, at first you're like, oh, I can't believe that, that, that they can do that. But at the same time, you know, they got a point. Yeah. They got a little bit of a point. I mean, they've been around for a long time. There's been a lot of work, a lot of money, a lot of advertising that goes into eBay. Sure. And really, you know, you put that card up there, you know, being in Texas, let's use Texas as an example, and some guy in Maine wants to get that card and he wants to save 100 bucks. So, you know, you make this deal through their messenger system to save 100 bucks. You know, they brought you to that guy. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You didn't find that guy in Maine or in China or wherever right. to sell your card. You know, they brought them to you. So does that warrant something? I, I think it does. You know, how they can justify doing it with, with through words and whatever. I don't know how that the logistics of it is. But 
yes, I feel like eBay should get a piece of that pie because they brought the two people together. I read a lot of the stuff on both sides of it. A lot of people are freaking out about it. They are. And, you know, I can't say that I wasn't initially one of those people, but I don't sell anything on eBay anymore, so I don't, I don't really care. Uh, then, then I read it. I forget the guy's name, and I don't, I don't want to really look it up right now, but he was right. If they're, if, same as you said, if you're using their messenger system to make the deal, right? I mean, it's a simple, it's a simple search on their end. I mean, they can see what you're writing. They have access to all your messages. Yep. So if I come to you and say, Paul, do you want to buy this for eight hundred dollars? I'll take it down right now. Well, that deal was really done on eBay, it and was. you owe them a fee. That's uh, there should be some kind of yes, they should get something out of it. I don't know if it should be a full final value fee, but something because. I would have never found you, right? You know, the the end seller that that's going to buy my card. So, sure. you know, I don't know. I mean, that's what that's what a lot of people use the Facebook groups for. You know, because they can scoot around the fees and they don't right. have to do that kind of thing. Right. So, and Facebook's not taking any fees right sure. now for that kind right of now. thing. Will yeah. that change? Yeah, Probably. Yeah. At some point, they might put some kind of institution or, or something in place to to take money. But for now, I think eBay does have a right to get their piece of the pie. Well. Uh, I saw this originally on sports card scammers. <laughs> eBay scamming the world. Yeah, yeah, and somebody wanted to add uh, eBay to the scamming list for this, but I believe that you were wrong in this instance. I think eBay is completely within their right because if you list, there's there's a user agreement there, and it's, it's there for a reason. Exactly. And whether you, whether dumb dumb you has read the user agreement or not, most likely not because people don't read anything. They don't. They, they uh, click the button and yeah. just want to keep get, yeah, exactly. It's annoying. So. Um, sorry for you. Sorry about your luck, man. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Well, here's the deal: if you have obviously used eBay, not you personally, but right. the people out there, they've used eBay, and you've made a lot of money selling your stuff on eBay. So now all of a sudden you're going to think you're slick and start selling all this stuff off eBay. Sure. And then eBay doesn't get any fees or any money. Well, what's going to happen to eBay? It's right. going to go away. Right. And if it goes away, then what are you going to do? Exactly. You know what I mean? If they don't make any money. They go away, so it's a simple business. It's a simple math problem, if you if you ask me. And uh, you know, it might not be the popular opinion out there, but I really think that they should get something um, for providing that service. Yeah, because it's a service that we've all. If you're in the collecting world, you've all made good money selling stuff on eBay. Right. We've all been there. We've all sold stuff. We've all done that. And you take it away, it's gonna, you know, you're gonna feel that a lot more than saving fifty bucks. Yeah. On, on fees. So. So buy your stuff cheaper. I don't feel uh, yeah. <laughs> the moral. I saw that on the, on a post too. buy your stuff cheaper, have more margins in your items. Yeah. Sell it for more so that you can cover those fees. Exactly. Um, it's a cost of doing business and uh, nothing is free. Nothing is free in this world, especially not selling stuff on eBay. So uh, sorry about your luck guys. You uh, if you don't like it, create a different platform. There you go. And uh, you become a millionaire or a billionaire. <laughs> There you go. I've solved your problem for you there right you now. You can create a different platform and become a billionaire. And just so you know, we are not sponsored by eBay or yeah, anything not like that. We have no relationship, <laughs> relationship with, with eBay at all, so I'm not saying that just because I'm supposed to. Um, I just is the way I feel. I think so, too. All right. Let's talk about some uh, some other going on, goings on in the, the sports world now. Uh, can line? we talk about the scammers page real quick? Can we yeah. back up real quick? What's up? What's so scammers? I saw a guy post, and this is just hilarious to me. Monday night during the football game, uh-huh. he bought season tickets to the Giants, and he posted on the scammers page the Giants offense <laughs> because he feels like he's been scammed by them for buying these extravagant tickets for all this money, and they're just 
an awful, they're, awful team. Right they're now. Off, they're gone. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was funny. that is pretty funny. <laughs> um, I do need to mention. We we were supposed to have an interview today with somebody from the scammers page. Okay, uh, didn't happen. He was he just didn't have the time. We're hope, we're tentatively scheduling it for next week, uh, but I wanted to mention the story at least. There, there's that great deal uh, that that's going on in scammers page right now, where they're helping that young man get to a Clemson game. They are for and that's really cool. But uh, he's Grant's got all the I think Grant he's got all the details, and I want him to come on and. Uh, is it Grant or Garrett? I've, now I've slipped my mind. Yeah, it slipped mine too. There's so many, so many people on that page. There, there really are. Um, okay, th- so hopefully we can get that worked out. Yeah, hopefully we can get it worked out next week. Grant, it is Grant. I got it right. He's got, he's got a, he's got it going, and um, I, I believe that actually yesterday they get, they got the tickets. So, oh, good. good um, I wanted to just bring that to you guys because we talk a lot, we talk a lot of bad stuff here sometimes. Mm, we do. So. When good stuff like this happens, I believe the community as a whole needs to be um, put out there. I do, and and and, and just to follow that up, I, a couple of different Facebook groups out there, they did um, a lot of the admins in the group donated five or six, ten cards, and had everybody put down you know ten bucks into a yeah. pot, and basically they did a drawing for the cards or whatever. And I know some of them raised you know fifteen, eighteen thousand uh, dollars to go to some of the people down in Houston. So that's awesome. People are out there doing good things. That's and, good stuff. Um, it, it kind of gets overshadowed by a lot of the the actual scammers and actual a lot of the the bad people of the hobby. But there there's still a community out there that's strong, and that is relevant, and that you know really looks out for other people. That's right. And doing so, I'm gonna look out for one more person. Who's that? Drew Herndon, uh, also from the Scammers page. Yes. Drew's got a new podcast out, and uh, I initially saw this. I was like, oh man, we got some competition now. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I want to be. Real honest with you guys, there's, I think there's plenty of room here in this hobby for other, other Even podcasts. Even as big as we are physically, yeah, physically, there's still room for other people. Yeah, there's there's room here in this hobby. There's different takes on it. And I I think you guys should really go check out Drew's new podcast. It's called Let's Get It Podographed. Love the name. Let's get it podographed. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that's that's a lot of fun. He's his episode two came out last night or this morning. Okay, okay. So uh, go check it out. It's fun. And while I'm on that, go check out uh, Vinny. Vinny's a podcast uh, that that sports card show. Okay, uh, I've talked about it before, and I, I think I've screwed up his name again. I'm so sorry, Vinny. Uh, <laughs> you are not a name person. I'm not you? a name person, you especially like it's not real early in the morning, but it's early enough for me to not be functioning <laughs> at a hundred percent. We haven't had lunch yet. Uh, yeah, we have not had lunch yet. So let me get it right. Uh, that I got it. I got it right. That got sports right? card well, show go. podcast. There you go. Uh, Vinny has a, a, a wonderful show as well there's like again there's plenty of room for for all of us here to eat so uh i want you guys to go support them check them out uh have fun with them because uh each of them have really good shows in their own right and of course there's go gts and you know everybody knows rob and ivan there's right, no right. there's yeah. no reason to hype those guys up. those guys are awesome they are so uh go check them out there and um it should be fun just for everybody in the hobby yeah, we could build our own podcast community. Which yeah, I think would be fantastic. Yeah, so that might happen. It might happen. I might have my own podcast network. Where, where you go? <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of podcasting, uh, the voting will end soon for the podcast awards. Dude, the I People's Choice wait, Podcast Awards. Get that nervous twitch. Paul and I don't know if we won. Like the don't. voting ends on the thirtieth, and there's nothing that you guys can do about it. It's it's in the voting committee's hands now. Right. So. Uh, Again, just thank you for getting us nominated. That was, that was really key. cool. That was key. 
And uh, we made we made our acceptance speech yesterday <laughs> or the did. day before. Day before yeah, uh, it was it was a fun make, and so we've sent it off. And now we're just gonna see. We're gonna wait and see if it's a. Uh, it's gonna be played. Yes, and, we don't uh, know. So, we, but they wanted to have something. If we do win, we can't exactly. actually attend the award ceremony. But if we do win, they wanted to have something to, for us saying thank exactly. you to, to everybody. So, so there's um, that. We did that fat pack style. Yeah, we definitely did that fat pack style. We had a lot of fun with it. And again, guys, just thank you for getting us there. That, that means a lot to us. All right, let's talk sports because there's stuff going on in sports that I want to talk about. First of all, the over-under on Gene Carlos Stanton home run total this year is 60. With 10 games left, he's at 55. He hit two last night, I think. He did. So he's at 55 or 56. He's got 10 games left. 10 games left. Is he going to get 60? I think it's going to be under. I think it's going to be under. That's just my opinion. I would love to see that 60-year-old by his name. I would. I would. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not a hater of him by any stretch. Yeah. I just think I just don't think it's going to happen. I think he's a little starting to get. Yeah, he had a couple last night, but I just I don't think it's going to happen. Aaron Judge is at 55. I think he's at 48. Do you think that's going to get there? That's tough, man. man he's a he, he's that's a, tough because he's he's been so inconsistent lately. Uh, 55, no. I mean, he'll definitely hit in the 50s. Sure. Um, but I think he'll fall a little short as well. Um, I wonder if everybody has like, I. I Hmm. There was a complete and total re- overreaction to Aaron Judge cards and Cody Bellinger cards earlier this season. It was insane. Yeah, so <laughs> I wonder insane. how those people are feeling now. I don't know. I mean, it's not that they're not great ball players. Anthony Manco. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that they're not great ball players. Not that they're not going to be great ball players. Sure. But there was a lot, a lot of hype. Um, you know, and it happens every year. There's always somebody. Yeah. Know, a couple years ago or the year before was Trevor Story. He came out and hit 10 home runs in the first 10 games. I don't remember what it was. Sure. It was something crazy. Uh, unfortunately, he got hurt, and then all the hype's over. Right. You know, um, it always happens. Uh, you got this Hoskins kid now who's just, you know, hitting the snot out of the ball. Um, there's always something. There's always streaks. You know, it's a streaky game, you know, um, and that's why these records are there, and that's why they're hard to break. Um, and that's why, you know, that it, it is what it is. It's the love of the game, and, and that's, what, that's what makes it different and what makes it cool is all the stats. And, uh, you know, it, it's a lot different hitting a, a home run in April when the weather's cool than hitting a home run in August when it's 100-degree weather. Um, so there's it's a huge difference. Right. So I, I think that's why a lot of the, you see a lot of these guys after the All-Star break, when they're having these huge home run trips, just kind of fall off a little bit. It's the dog days of August, just really get them. Uh, and I think he'll come on here and hit a few more before the end of the year. Um, but, okay, so, you know, now people are, you know, I, I've seen in the card industry, they're starting to dump his cards and this and that or whatever. Sure. So, so he hits 50-some home runs. Did he have a bad year? You know what I mean? Like, is that right. a bad year? Like, <laughs> right. this guy's going to finish and he's going to have a, you know, they're going to make the playoffs and he's going to have a bad year hitting 50 home runs. I don't understand some of that. But um, I think people are just uh, kind of all or nothing and what have you done for me lately. Uh, still in this hobby, but um, you know it, it's a fun story. They're always fun to watch um, throughout the year, going up and down. And Bellinger and, and Judge will be in the playoffs, so let's see what happens. Let's see what happens, indeed. Let's see what let's happens. see what happens, indeed. Uh, speaking of baseball, I, I read a, a story recently. It was on Yahoo. It was uh, interesting. It was funny to me, and it makes total sense now that I think about it. But it was about young uh, Latino Hispanic Spanish players. Okay. Learning English by watching Friends, like the whole run of Friends, like they would watch it with the subtitles, okay, and then they would teach themselves English by watching the show. 
but it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, because doesn't it? They were. I mean, when 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 the friends were, were filming those episodes, they were young. They sure. were hip. They were cool. They were doing. They were living on their own. They had a roommate. They were had these crazy jobs. Yes, they had a job. No, they didn't have a job. They're going back through all this stuff that most normal people go through. So as they're reading the subtitles, they can actually relate to what's going on on TV. Sure. You know, they know what's going on. They know about a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and going back and forth and whatever. And you know, I mean, what other better way to learn English than having some girl sing Smelly Cat to Smelly you Smelly Cat on, Smelly on Cat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what better way is there to learn English? Um, you know, they're probably going around going, you Smelly Cat. You, you know, so. are a genius, Paul. I I told you earlier, I have not watched a full episode you have of... Not. I, I don't want... My, my wife loves it, and the reason that we named the podcast... The way that we name it is because my wife loves friends, so I name it in the, as an ode to my wife. Right, right. Uh, in the in the vein of that, I, I. But you pulled Smelly Cat out of thin air. And I did. <laughs> that's like the one I know. <laughs> that's like my favorite episode. Like if I ever want to get at my wife, I'd start singing Smelly Cat. Smelly she's Cat. Just like she goes nuts, man. She's and like, then, ah. I, there's that one, and then were they on a break? Was it, was it Ross and somebody? They yeah. were on a break. I don't know if they were on a break. I don't know. But the problem, you got to keep it with Ross and all his girls and yeah. marriages and annulments and all that stuff. He's got a lot going on <laughs> on that show. Man. Um, it, it's a good show, but I totally get, you know, they're young. They're in these situations where they're, they understand what's going on. Sure. You know, I don't think they would understand I Love Lucy right. you know, or something, you know, something right. to that effect. So I think, I think they get it and yeah. it makes sense. And hey, if that works for them, why not? I, so I read that story and then I was immediately taken back. To a story that I remember that herp happened, herpened, that that herpened, that happened uh, to a man by the name of Donald Hodge. Does that name mean anything to you? If it doesn't, that's fine. Hodgepodge? No. I don't know. <laughs> uh, nothing. Donald Hodge played basketball. Oh, okay. He was, he played for, well, he was born in D.C. That's why I thought it might. Oh, no. And he went to Coolidge High School and went to Temple. Uh, I thought it might ring a bell for you, but this was in the early nineties. Uh, so it does not. he, he signed this huge contract with, with a contract with the Dallas Mavericks, right? Okay. Like big money back then. Like, I, I guess you could consider it a max deal. Okay. If, if we're talking now, right? So okay. he signs this, he's a seven foot guy, he, he, but he flames out. He, I was going to say, clearly this didn't work yeah, out. He, Cause he, I don't know who he, he is. He flames out, uh, in five NBA seasons, he scored 4.7 points a game. Oh. He wasn't very good, no. but, but like the moment he signs this huge contract, like the next within the next ten seconds, he gets pulled over, and he's in a convertible with the with the drop top down. Right, and uh, he gets pulled over. He reaches into his uh, his glove compartment, and like an ounce of weed falls out. So like immediately oh, after, immediately after he signs this this contract, that happens. And he's gone from the league, right? So he ends up playing over in Turkey. Jeez. Uh, is he the greatest basketball in Turkey, player in Turkey? No, but he's pretty good, right? Right. right. So he's he's seven foot. He's over there just kind of running running things in the, in the Turkish league where centers are concerned in the in the mid mid nineties. Okay. And he's making he's still making three hundred thousand dollars a year, which that's a lot of money for. Oh yeah. I mean, I sure. don't. I would love to make three hundred thousand dollars a yeah. year, right? Yeah, we need it's, a couple zeros. <laughs> it's not a. <laughs> it's not the big NBA contract, but he's still living pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. Thing is, is he's miserable. 
Okay. Absolutely I, miserable. I can kind of see that. You're in a different country and you're trying to figure out different language. and Exactly. The game's a little different over there, too, you know, with the different lines and different you know, rules and stuff sure. how they play. So. Sure. So he's in his hotel room one night and he's miserable because there's no American television on. Okay. And he's about giving up on everything there is to give up on and he just wants to come back to America. And right before he goes to sleep, he, he's flipping channels. And he hears the love boat. Nice. The love boat. I don't exciting it, and yeah, new. Exactly. Come so aboard. we're he, expecting. Yes. So he ahead. hears the love boat and he gets excited. He's like, finally, there's something I can hang my hat on and I can watch the American version of love boat. And then, so he, he's got it there and the, the, the credits roll the show opens, and the first person opens their mouth is speaking in Arabic, and he loses his mind. Oh. <laughs> he lost his mind, and he, he left. He quit his job in the Turkish Basketball League, just left all that money on the table, and flew back to America. That was the last straw for him. Oh, my god! <laughs> so we go from these, uh, these players of Spanish descent here playing Major League Baseball, learning, learning. learning English by watching Friends to Donald Hodge who said screw it I'm going back wow. home and <laughs> this is over I can't take this <laughs> it was pretty damn funny that is funny man I don't know why that I, is random I don't know why I remember that but I, but I do so I uh, hope Donald Hodge is doing well I hope, uh, whatever he's doing and watching Love Boat here in America <laughs> and syndication <laughs> that would be so great if he was doing that alright guys uh, we gotta get out of here Paul before we do do you have a fantasy update if you don't have one that's fine uh, I don't. I mean, the league's off and running. Yeah. Um, I think I'm one and one. Okay. Um, you know, I had, I and yeah, I haven't done all that well. Okay. But I will definitely put a fantasy update together and hit you with one next week. We also need to do the winner. I believe it's almost over of the baseball league. Yeah, it's almost so over. I think it's almost over in the playoffs, and we need to update that and get a winner. Uh, for that, get them a prize. Zach May asked if we could give an update on it, and Zach, no, we can't. I don't. I don't even. I didn't honestly didn't even know what was going on. So the, the baseball, I am <laughs> yeah. four and eighteen. Ooh, I man, you're doing well. I did well. You did well. I did well. Um, All yeah. I know is Marlon lost to me twice, and I haven't. I haven't changed the lineup. <laughs> Marlon, <laughs> poor Marlon. Maybe it's a pity loss. It maybe just feel bad maybe for you. maybe it is. So, All right, um, uh, we'll get the fancy updates next week. We'll get that done for you. Um, Fat pack giveaways, we're, we're good. We caught up on that. Oh, I forgot. I was going to give those two things away again. Okay. My bad. That's all right. Before we go, let me give them away. All right. Let give me give them away. Give them away. Give them away. Now I got to go back and find the find the thing. Are we can we tweet it out. No, I don't no, want to do that. I want to I want to do it right. this way because see, I want to reward those who actually listen, listen to, to the, the show. show. I got you. I got you know you. what I'm saying? I got you. Um, I got you. Now we gave away one's one's gone so far, so we got two left, right? We got two left. Two uh, left. Okay. The 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 young man who won who actually claimed his prize. I'm going to let him pick which one he wants. You should, as you should. As I should, you right? Should, yep. So that one's gone. So that'll be gone. So we still, there's Wentz, there's AJ Green, and there's Larry Fitzgerald. Right. So you will have a shot at one of those. So one of them will be gone, and you'll, oh, we have a shot at, you know, getting one of the other two. So. Okay. I clicked the, uh, I clicked the hashtag, Fat Packs Chase. There you go. Let's go to the next winners. Blah, 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 blah. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Sounded more like an elephant, didn't it? Money loan cards. You won one. Money loan cards. All right. So that's one gone. All right. Money yeah. loan. Get back to us uh, via email. 
I know, or direct message. You can have one. Your you will get one of these. Okay. And the next winner is. Um. Hmm. We should see the deep in thought. I'm deep in thought here because I. This I, is where I wish we were on TV. I got to go through these because I can't. There's you know the 30 day window. Ah yes. You know. Yes. Curtis Fellaini. All right. You are the other winner. There you go. So. Uh, cards and Curtis, get back yeah. to us. You have won and claim your prize. Claim your prize. And we will get those out to you guys. Uh, again, please be patient. They should be, they're on their way here from uh, Las Vegas. I talked to uh, to Justin yesterday or the day before, and they're they're on their way. So uh, be patient with shipping. We'll, we'll get them out to you as soon as we get them. So that's that. Uh, speaking of giveaways, again, reminder, starting, starting next Friday, the 29th, Use hashtag Fridays are for fat Fridays are for fat packs. There you go. And we Thursdays will Thursdays are for podcasts. Thursdays are for podcasts. Fridays are for fat Send packs. Send us a make sure you tag us uh, at Beckett Radio and use the hashtag Fridays are for fat packs with uh, you listening to the show, a picture of you listening to the show. Uh, it's gotta be the current show. Yep. Or you yep. know, it, at least you can't at least you can't use the same picture over and over and over. Correct. We won't let that fly. But uh, there's that. Uh, videos, what, you get an extra point for a video. I'll give you two entries instead of one. Okay. Um, listening with your friends gets extra points. Yeah, listening too. with friends. Get your friends. If you, have a, if you have a fat packs party, let us know. Take a picture of it. Yep. And uh, we'll, we'll get you hooked up there. Yep. Also, Buy any of the merchandise, we'll get you hooked up too. Don't forget about that discount code, which is fat packs 15 will get you 15 percent off your first order here this first week of the store that is such a great code Do you realize that with all these new people starting college and they're talking about the college 15 yeah you know we got yeah. fat pack 15 Fat yeah. up there you know and they're both talking about gaining weight so sure. it's perfect exactly <laughs> exactly there's that uh all that's going on so get your stuff in next week we have uh we're gonna have at least one show okay we're gonna have the guys. Maybe, maybe two. Maybe two. So maybe two. we're gonna have the guys from uh, the KNC Masterpiece. Yep. Uh, they're here at CBS Dallas 105.3 The Fan, and they're gonna be hanging out with us. Uh, Corey and Kevin, they're collectors. They they're are. coming on, and they want. So we're gonna talk a little bit of radio, a little bit of sports, and a lot of a lot of collecting. Uh, Kevin. Might, oh, go ahead. Kevin's favorite football set: 1989 Score. Perfect. So love that set. <laughs> love that set. That is like in my wheelhouse. That's in your wheelhouse, right in my there. Wheelhouse right That's there. awesome. It's good stuff. So working on getting a few boxes to open too. Maybe maybe a maybe a, a little Facebook box live, break with them. Box break with them. And then we're working on another show. We, we don't. I don't know if we want to have that as a standalone or not. I I feel like it should be a standalone. Probably should. So if, if we start it is, breaking Facebook Live and stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it up, man. Yeah, we'll do it up. So if if it is a standalone show, which I feel that it will be, there will be a regular show as well. So you guys might yep. be blessed. With two. With two fat packs. Two fat packs next week. Yeah. All right, Paul. That's it. We're out, man. So go get in that, uh, that leaf break with uh, with Chris Keller over yeah. there at Top Shelf Breaks. Um, check it out. You said 112 a spot. 112 a spot. Nine spots left. Yep. Do it. Go have fun with that. Guys, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. And until next week, just keep listening. Cue the Drake.